this? Does it? Does it? Is this powerful? Well. <laughs> All right, on you, man. Oh, uh, before we start. We I, only have. I, yeah, we got to stop at nine forty-five. Okay, perfect. Good. Right. We're not gonna take that long. I hope. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right. So we are here with. Oh, my mom is calling. So I guess I gotta figure <laughs> that out. No, keep it. I think that's good. Wait, let me answer. Answer right now. Answer right now. Do not, do not, not answer. That's a double negative. Answer your mom's okay. call right now. Hello? Answer that phone call right now, brother. I'm not kidding. Answer that call. Answer Don't... that call. Answer that call. I'm answer I, that... I answered it. Hello. Hey, mom. Si, si, pero ever not answer your mom's call. I need to get my translating app out and see what he's saying. He's saying, I'm here with two of the best people in the world. No, 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 no. Hey. He said, I love you. She I got that part. She couldn't hear you because it's oh. in my headphones. Oh. I don't care. She said, she I love me. you. I heard that. I don't know what else you said, but I got the I love you part. Um, I'm pretty sure he said he's with two of the greatest people in the world. I said te llamo, not te llamo. Like, I'll call you back. Oh, that's really close. Um, yeah, it is pretty close. You said we're jamming? Te llamo. Te llamo, yeah, llamo. Instead of amo, amo is I love you, but llamo is I'll call you back. We should do a podcast on you teaching the two of us Spanish. I feel like that would get some likes. Remix. Let's do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So we're here with um, Senior Master Sergeant Joey Crowell, the famous Senior Master Sergeant Crowell. Uh, he's over at Fifth Air Force Law Office Manager, but he is about to go to Ramstein as the Law Office Superintendent. Uh, Ramstein. That's right. So Ramstein's about to be popping now. And we're also here with Master Sergeant Gayla Wadi. She is a PME instructor, currently the ALS Director of Operations, right? Mm-hmm. And Director of Resources. I got like two jobs right now. So she's dual-hatted at the moment. Um, and we've, you know, we're, we're just here to talk about uh, potentially Master Sergeants rating other Master Sergeants, or maybe any, any other rank, right? Tech Sergeant rating all the Tech Sergeants, so on and so forth. And um, whether or not that's good practice or not. So we'll, that'll be the main topic, but if we get into other things, then we'll get into those as well. Um, so we'll start with um, just telling you, telling me a little bit about yourselves, uh, what, what you currently do and your duties and uh, any, anything else that you wanna share. Yeah, after you, ma'am. Well, thank you. So You're currently welcome. I'm the Director of Operations for Airman Leadership School here at the Irwin PME Center at Kadena Air Base. We teach NCUA and ALS. So when I first came here three and a half years ago, I started teaching ALS with the famous, famous Mass Arm Perez here that's on the call or on this podcast. Uh, so we started off teaching ALS together. I went to go learn NCUA for a bit, teach it for a bit. Then I went back to ALS to try to lead the team until I PCS in January and then spend some money as the director of resources. So that's what I do here at Kadena. I'm from Texas, but as you can see behind me, we are Redskins fans because my husband is from Maryland. So it doesn't really go. Uh, we hate the Cowboys here in this house. That's about me. Woo! Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. That makes me so happy. Mm. But are you a Redskins fan? No, that she hates the cowgirls. Oh, oh. That's what my husband calls them too. Now you can see the whole Redskins. You a Giants fan? I am only because I'm from New Jersey and we don't have a team. Right. And right, there are right. stadiums in New Jersey. You can like the Redskins. <laughs> no. Well, I don't hate them. But the team name I'm is, uh, you know. Yeah. A topic, another topic of discussion. <laughs> hey, um, I'm, I'm Senior Kroll. I'm at Yakota at Fifth Air Force. Um, I have prior superintendent um, uh, experience. Uh, I know Al from being a defense paralegal at a interesting time, um, very unique time in our Air Force uh, at Lackland and um, loved learning this awesome friend of mine and love having this, uh, being invited to this unique time. So thanks for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you both um, for agreeing to do this. Uh, I go way back to uh, with both of you, actually. Um, you know, Sergeant Wadi, in addition to being essentially my wingman at the PME Center, we went to NC, we met at NCOA, and this is the story that we always have to tell. We met at NCOA, and she was my flight leader um, during NCOA, so that was pretty cool. And then somehow we ended up being co-workers for, you know, three and a half years. So uh, That's awesome. That was super cool. So uh, let's get into the topic of discussion for today. Um, and we'll start with you, Senior Crow. Like, what are your overall thoughts about a Master Sergeant rating another Master Sergeant? So I've had it. Um, I think it's, I think it can occur, but it doesn't have to. And so those are my, those are my initial thoughts. And then I'll, I'll drive into um, each one out of, out of experience. But before I do, what I'll say is um, what worked for me and what works for me are, are my opinions and, and, and they work in the time um, and, and in the environment that I was in. They may not work or something else may better work for you at the time and in the environment that you are in while you're making these decisions. There is no, what I'm saying is, there is no uh, cookie cutter um, answer when you're talking about people. Um, and you gotta remember that because people are messy. Um, some people need to have uh, direct supervision. And sometimes some senior or senior NCOs need to have a hard charging um, mass sergeant over them. That's a topic of different discussion. Um, and maybe there's other things that are that are in the baggage with that. But here's what I'll say in driving into it with that caveat um, is I have rated a mass sergeant within that first year when they transitioned into a tech, technical sergeant or uh, from a technical sergeant into a master while I was supervising them. Um, it didn't make sense to do a CRO immediately. Um, their bullets were all technical sergeants uh, bullets. Um, I was growing them into um, superintendent or senior NCO anyway beforehand. And it, that first EPR was understood to be, yeah, we get it, you know, uh, that's the first one. Now, 
The second part that I said is I don't think you need to even be there about having the strife inside or outside with leadership or the member um, because I think there's other avenues that you can you can take. Uh, so so for this same instance, uh, the one that I'm using primarily is in our office, the staff judge advocate and legal uh, rates me as the law office superintendent. And then we have a deputy staff judge advocate and that individual pretty much rates no one. Um, so they don't have any supervisory experience or they're on uh, a, a big gap between it. And this is a perfect time when they can pick up and, and start um, supervising a senior NCO because the first time that they supervise a senior NCO shouldn't be when they are in charge of an entire office. Um, or it could be because timing just isn't right, but if we have an opportunity there, then maybe we should take it. And we did with that, with that individual. Awesome, thank you. Uh, Sergeant Wally, what are, what are your thoughts? <laughs> it's hard to follow what the senior said here, but they're, they're really in line with the beginning of what he was saying with, you know, initially it doesn't make sense sometimes to do a CRO and change a rater with, you know, I'm a master and this person just made master. I don't see the dilemma of, you know, you're up for senior, I'm up for senior. And then I believe there's some sort of dilemma there. But if you just made master, you still have stuff you can learn from me. And I'm still a leader in that position and still have stuff to teach you. Now, if I'm still your rater two years following, we're both up for senior together. I believe, you know, we should probably do some, some moving around and give that other person, I think you said the staff judge advocate, an opportunity to lead um, and mentor and develop someone as a supervisor. If, you know, I'm not legal, but that's kind of my initial thoughts. Initially, sometimes it doesn't make sense to, to do that CRO, but later down the road, year or so, it's time to be developed by somebody else outranking from me. Okay, good. And uh, I think, Senior Carl, you, you bring up a good point as, as far as the deputy having that experience to supervise, right? Because yeah. um, most of the time they don't supervise anyone, but do you think, and this is a little bit, we'll, we'll get back into the main topic, but do you think that maybe they should supervise an NCOIC at some point, maybe if they're not, even if they're not the same rank or grade as the superintendent? So before I start, um, I'll try to utilize a different language. Uh, so I apologize. So I'll say like a deputy commander um, or, um, a, or a commander in the future. Um, <clears throat> hope, and to, now to answer your question, no. Um, hope, hopefully we don't have to, because by the time somebody's a deputy, when they were a CGO, I am very hopeful that we were able to get them the experience to supervise an NCOIC during that time. Those second year captains, second base captains, are, I'm in hopes that we're able to get them the experience if they are ready um, to lead and NCOIC. I will not um, open or subject an NCOIC's career um, to just blindly um, subjecting them to a CGO. Growing somebody is something different, um, but when it's just blindly like, here I want 
all my captains to have an NCO. That's a no-go. Um, some, some are ready and the others are learning their job still because lieutenants are, you know, in, in technical expertise, they are like airmen. Um, and airmen don't supervise. So they need to learn their job in my eyes when it comes to technical expertise. Second year captains, or when I say second year captains, second base captains, that's the people that I'm looking for because they are primed because they're about to make major or they're on their way into making major. And that's the people who I wanna start looking for in order to make them into a deputy. And then that deputy, if we have a lineup for, especially being overseas, somebody making master and stuck over for with uh, with a Deros. Now that is a prime example where you can get a senior NCO. You already did an NCOIC. Now you're primed for a senior NCO and build and foster um, uh, someone like that. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that definitely makes sense. And Sergeant Wadi, how does it work in public health? Is, it, is there, are there similar intricacies when it comes to uh, uh, senior NCOs in the same office and um, everything like that? I think it's really similar to, to how it works in the PME world. You have a couple staff sergeants here in the PME center. Anyway, you have a couple staff sergeants and uh, some tech sergeants that then rate on those staff sergeants. And then you have some mass sergeants that rate on the tech sergeants. And then in public health, you have normally one flight commander and then a master sergeant, maybe a senior, but normally just a master sergeant. Um, so if one of my NCICs of the different sections, and I'm the public health flight chief in this scenario, makes master, um, and my rater is the commander, the flight commander. Uh, the initial thing would be for me to rate them, that initially PR, and then normally they go up to that flight commander and the flight commander would then rate both of us. Uh, but at that point in time too, that person that made master, them or myself normally either get moved to different positions within the med group and to give them that ability to grow or their PCS soon after as well. Uh, so I don't know about what it's like for legal, but they don't normally stay put for that long after. One of the people are moving. Yeah. Did you have any input on that one, Senior Crowell, as far as do we, do we stay put or what happens uh, to that individual that promotes? Yeah, other than what I said with the DROs, because that's a, that's a whole different game, right? Um, but when it comes to, <clears throat> because it's hard to shift around senior NCOs um, overseas, sometimes when you have a co-located NAF, then you have a little bit more of movement. Um, but when it's CONUS, yeah, we'll, we'll move around a senior NCO uh, and you'll blink. Uh, so it's time on station that'll take priority usually. And, and you'll, you'll just see like, hey, I just thought that person just got here. Or you'll, you'll just be like, oh, that's because they just made master and they're going to be a superintendent somewhere. Okay. If you get that rank, we're going to use you. Good. Yeah, so I guess it kind of works similarly between Paris, the, yep. the public health world and the legal world. Um, so what are, what are the potential dangers then, uh, and I'll go to Sergeant Wadi, of a master sergeant rating another master sergeant? Like what, what, what could be the, the main issue here? What could be the problem within an office? Well, I'll give the example of you and I first and then share kind of what I, I peeked at just a second ago was you and I both put on master around the same time. They're like, hey, he's the director of operations for ALS. You're an ALS instructor. You supervisor. And I was like, wait, 
Like, wait, pump the brakes because he's my friend. I see him as my friend. And of course, we're both professionals. We can put that to the side. Um, but he's my friend. And now we're taking away this friendship and this, this relationship I have with him and making him my supervisor, which changes things a little bit. Where we shouldn't be friends. You should rate on me like you do everybody else. So that became a dilemma for me with you specifically. Because I was like, wait, no, don't take this person away from me and make them my supervisor. They're my, my trusted agent, my, which a supervisor should be. But like he should be, you know, everything should be fair. Not that you would never be fair, but um, we're friends. And so going back into what I mentioned earlier was if we are both going up for the same rank together, I'm not saying that any of us on this call would ever affect someone else's promotion. But if you have someone that's in that, I think you wrote earlier in our topics to discuss that when it all costs mindset, which is completely unethical, but you know, they could potentially negatively impact someone's career as that raider if you're both going up for the same the same stripe. And not that again that we would do those things, but that would always be something on the back of my mind. Like you're rating me for both you are potentially sending me up to the same stratification board that you're going for. So those are the two things for me. Okay. I definitely agree with like if you have a prior relationship where you are you know, I mean, definitely been peers for so long and now you're the same rank, like nothing has changed and now you have to supervise this individual. I don't think it's as effective and I don't know if it works in that situation, but um, Senior Crow, what do you think? What are the potential dangers? Hmm. I think, so if, if we use the example of a superintendent, so I'm gonna use an example and you just tell me if I'm tracking. If I'm a superintendent and then one of my uh, technical sergeants made master and put it on and I'm going to continue to rate that individual, right? That's the, that's the scenario, right? Right, right, right. I mean, that in the, in the, it's not promotion eligible. Right. And so what's the downfall of that, right? What could potentially be, right? So the argument would be, hey, you still have what you said, ma'am, you still have a lot to give the individual, right? And there is, there's a, there, I believe that there's a small window that you can give that individual. You can always give that individual in your position, right? The position never stops. Your position as a superintendent, your duty is to grow that person. I would stay on that. Here's your downfall is if you keep rating that individual, you run the risk of that individual not receiving you anymore. And what I mean by that is we don't control other people's feelings, but what we do control is the environment. And if you move that individual over to a different rating scheme, what you do is you go ahead and build the confidence in that individual. You show that you trust them, right? You show that you're, you're, you, you understand that they also deserve to be deliberately developed in a different way. And it's not all about their career but it's about their building them and you're trusting them. And so you take an approach and you say, hey, the deputy is going to be, I'm still gonna be your superintendent, right? But you're, you're now a senior NCO, just like me. You're, no you're not the superintendent, right? And that's not even the discussion because I, I never lose that title. You are a master sergeant though. That's, you're a senior NCO. Welcome to the club. I don't, I'm not going to welcome you halfway. If I'm going to welcome you, I'm all in. And that is a true sign uh, for me to that individual of welcome, welcoming them all the way. 
if I don't and I continue to rate them, for me, on the other end, I treat people the way I would like to be treated. If I don't do that, I definitely, for me, would take that as, hey, you said you trust me. I don't understand. I get that you're a superintendent, but why am I being rated by my peer? I get the initial part, but it's been about a year, year and a half, two years, and now we're going up, and it's just not, I'm, I'm in your shadow. I'm in your shadow, and I just want to shine, you know? And, and part of your job is to build me up. So how do we do that? And that's how we get into the competitiveness into it. And I'm not about that. I have no time for that. We have no time for that. We just got to do the right thing for the right reason. And we got to take care of each other. And I can't control other people's actions. But what I can do is build it and foster an environment that has the best means for success. That individual that I'm talking about right now is a first sergeant. I am not in any way saying that the actions that I took got him. That individual got him there, right? What I'm saying is it definitely didn't hurt him. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting when we talk about rating and when we talk about APRs and when we're talking about um, potentially being, you know, that individual being in our shadow if we are the raiders. But how, how do we think it affects their EPR if we are the ones who rate them instead of a senior officer or the deputy or the well, staff judge advocate? I guess I'm excited to hear what the senior has to say about this one because, you know, I've heard it both ways to where, you know, it matters what you've done. It matters the people that you've taken care of and it matters the impact that you've made in people's lives and to the job. It doesn't matter who signs it. It matters what you did with the position and what you held. But I've also heard from some people, not as many, that it matters like what signature and what rank is on the back of that EPR. So I am curious to what the senior thinks here. I think it looks, say what you said, it definitely, number one priority, it matters what you do. It matters how you grow in the position. It matters that duty title, where you are, everybody gets stuck. They're like, I need to be at point A in position B, and I need to do that, right? I need to be in this position in order to get here, where I want to be, right, in order to make this rank. And then you meet all these people, all these chiefs, all these colonels, all these people, all everybody that says, uh, yeah, uh, no, I did a bunch of jobs that you wouldn't even think that would get me to where I've been. And that wasn't my goal. My goal was just taking care of people and, and everything like that. And don't, don't get me wrong. There's the one-offs and everything, and you take that for what it's worth. But you meet these individuals and you're like, oh, you mean you were at um, commissions for, and the commissions is this job that no one would, would think that you would be able to, well, you hear that you get, um, you, you, you get um, uh, promoted out of it. And people are, it's, it's what you do um, there. To go back to the question about who signs there, I believe it looks, after that initial time period, it looks, it looks odd. It just, you have a master and then you have another master. If for manning purposes, 
you can't do anything about it. Like if you're, you're in a large unit like maintenance or something like that, then that's probably where the, the feedback is, is where it's like, it doesn't matter and we understand and everything. But if there is a means, and I go back to like, I think it was the first answer. If there is a means of an alternate avenue to give an, an, an the individual a route to flourish under supervision of an, of, of another officer, you, like if we have another avenue to take care of it and also grow the officer at the same time, there's nothing but good that's coming out of that. And where this discussion that should we, and, and I want to keep them or anything like that, it, it's, it's a moot point. Like it doesn't have to be here. Um, and if it is here, I, I believe that the discussion remains almost to a controlling discussion. Like I need to keep my rating of this individual because I must keep supervision of him. And when I say that, that's personally on me. I truly believed when I was a young superintendent that I had the rate on all enlisted. I quickly found out I did not have the time for a large office to do that. Like it was not, it was not working. Um, I mean, it worked, I made it work, but people were not receiving the actual development that they needed as supervisors. And it showed like within no joke, six months, because I was doing everything. Everybody was coming to me and, you know, I could chalk it up to, well, it's because of our manning and it's because of this or anything like that, but it doesn't matter. You can get those senior airmen to ALS. You can get, you know, you can get everything to work for you. And once I let go, once I allowed, um, once I let go of that, it got me to that decision of the deputy rating um, the master sergeant. That was a no brainer for me. And it felt amazing. If I held on to that master sergeant, I truly believe that there would have been a lot of friction between us that didn't need to be there. Gotcha. I think too, like in that position, I don't know what was in your mind, but to be the, the law office superintendent and to have all these people underneath you and someone make master and you think that you have to rate on everybody. I honestly think what will go through my mind is how dare I burden someone else with this rating thing when I'm the superintendent, I should be doing it. This is enlisted. I should grow them. I should do the things. I need to work later. I need to do more. I have the title that I need to be doing more than everybody else, but you get burnt out. And like you said, people don't get what they need in the long run. You have to be yeah. able to share the responsibility so people get what they need because it's not about you. It's about them. Not that it was selfish reasons. Like no. you just thought you should be doing the most and, and you have the title, do the things. It was, I felt like it was in my lane and when it, if it goes wrong, it's on me and like, and it was all excuses and oh my Lord, once I let go and actually uh, got people into their actual lanes and saw their, my ways, did I have a whole lot more of my family was happy. Um, my office was happy. Um, my SJs were happy my, because there was between two. Um, the deputy was super happy. Like it was, everything was getting a whole lot better to include when we had misconduct. Like 
I can't believe, like, I couldn't believe when we had misconduct, people were happy because I was taking all that burden um, and thinking like, okay, this is my truth, blah, blah, blah. No, they got to take the first hack at it. And I was like, yes. Okay. One last thought, one last question uh, in the discussion. And again, um, I think we've gotten a lot out of it. I've gotten a lot out of it. Um, I was definitely in the position more about the superintendent rating the other master sergeant, but I think it depends. I just don't want to be in this mindset that, oh, it can never happen under any circumstances. I think there are certain circumstances in which it can happen. Uh, the AFI allows for it. Um, so it's within our, it's definitely within our, uh, you know, something that we can utilize and within our options. Uh, not the first resort, definitely, but within our options. All right, so last thought. Um, can't see. <laughs> Couldn't see. Now I can. Okay, go ahead. So if we are not supervising this individual, right, are we still supposed to hold them accountable administratively wise? Like, you know, we're talking about paperwork, letter of counsel, letter of reprimand. And second, are we still essentially, uh, quote unquote, taking credit for the work that they do? Um, we're still overseeing that we're responsible for their work. Do we still essentially... Uh, include that in our within our EPRs within our bullets I don't like the word credit I don't like it either but it, it's what happens right but you're not the one doing the job anymore you know you're the one leading the people doing the job you, through your leadership these well, I mean the people are amazing on their own hopefully but through your leadership you're facilitating these things being done so I wouldn't necessarily consider it taking credit uh, I do hear that though. Um, and senior, I'm sure you have way cooler things to say than what I'm going to say, but um, that's a tough question, like holding them accountable. I tried to apply it to public health and I tried to apply it to the PME center and like our students and my subordinates, like my ALS flight that I'm leading, 14 students. If another instructor sees them doing something wrong, I don't expect that instructor to give them paperwork. You come tell me as their supervisor and I'll provide them paperwork. Those are, you know, they're not my babies, right? But like, those are my people that I am developing and looking out for. I would like to provide them the feedback and the paperwork that I see fit because I know their history. I know what they're going through. You don't. So my initial thought is that it's best for those words of whatever it is that they did to be passed along to their supervisor who knows the backstory, what's going on with them. Do they just get an LOC for X thing and to provide that discipline from a supervisory standpoint? That's my initial thought. I like it. So I, I agree with it. My, like I have a very, very easy New Jersey philosophy. That is an oxymoron. That makes no sense. Jersey and philosophy. Um, but, but here's what I'll say. Like, if, if I have to wake up at zero 300 to take care of some business that involves them, then that's on me. If you don't, then you need to involve me. That's, that's, that's how that, like, if they get in trouble at three o'clock in the morning and I'm the one that comes and you don't, then you, then it's, then I'm the person that you have to go through. And that's mm -hmm. a very old, like, that's just how I've, I've done it back when I was security forces, like, like all the troops, that's how I've done it. Um, legal is different. And this is a, a, as a superintendent specifically. Um, and, and when I say the loss is different, 
I would say the triad's different, so not just legal. So I would say the triad's different. So first sergeant's different, um, chief and the commander are different, right? Because they're not directly supervising people. Um, and we may not be supervising people. So if you go back to that um, saying that I said, I am going to be waking up at three o'clock in the morning as a superintendent. And I am going to be picking up people um, or at least waking up and taking a call. And so that's the problem. So here's the deal. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to be holding people. I'm going to be in a discussion of holding people accountable. That, that's, that's my initial thought. So if we go back to, if we change the rating scheme to the deputy, um, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be sitting because the triad needs to be strong and it's not always, right? But let's say we're in, a, we're in a strong triad. Yeah, you're gonna be in there and you're gonna be bouncing off and they're gonna be bouncing off the superintendent because they trust you. And they're gonna say, here's what I'm thinking. And you're gonna say, okay. And so the CGOs are gonna do that because they're gonna come to the loss and they're gonna say, here's what I'm thinking. And you're gonna be like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Um, and, and the SGA even comes to you for, for any kind of misconduct for his, his CGOs. Hey, this is, or in the commander, hey, this is what I'm thinking to the first sergeant. That's how, that's how the discussions go. So the accountability piece, yes. Um, yeah, there is, a, there is a reasonable expectation that you will hold them accountable I don't think in the way that you're asking the question that it meets what you're talking about, but you will be, but you'll be doing it through a more strategic uh, purpose, more, um, a more triad uh, um, way through the supervisor. And that's, that's the way we're growing. So through this, through this process, instead of directly supervising, we're now growing ourselves into the operational to the strategic level. Right. And what's the second part? Taking, well, I know you don't like the word in taking credit, but um, since you're responsible for the work that they're doing, do you include their accomplishments yeah. in your EPR? Yeah, because of what she said. You like how I did that? That's how I <laughs> answered that. Yeah. yeah, because you lead the team. That's your team. Um, if you lead them now, but there's a, I, I don't, I don't like that word credit. You don't, you don't do that. If you, if you do it. And I mean, we all know what I'm talking about. If you do it in a way, like you did absolutely nothing and you're like, Oh, let me go into their stuff and just pull it over here. And you, you know, you're on leave, you know, or you did, it's just wrong. You better not, better not mess up because people like Al will call you out. He will. And back to what you said too earlier, you said do the right things for the right reasons. I mean, if you're doing that, you're not, you're leading the team. You're not doing the things anymore. You're leading the people to do the things. So I, yeah. yeah. You, shouldn't, you shouldn't feel guilty about adding that stuff in your EPR. If you feel guilty, like you're like, uh. <laughs> then there's a problem, right? That's, that's, that's Jiminy Cricket right here going like, hey, Hey guy, there's something wrong here. That's right. Cricket, old movie. Uh, do you think when you're in ALS, you're, you taught all those classes that, like, when you're the director, you didn't teach them. Other people did. You facilitated it. Like, you were the one that made the classes happen. And yeah, yeah, no, I definitely didn't feel guilty about adding that into my APR. 
so much that went along, you know, that goes along with that and pre uh, the preparation and everything like that. So, but if you had nothing to do with that and they're just running themselves, then yeah. Those are the first to take credit too. That's the job of well, the senior over here to hunt those people out and get them. That's, That's his job. Right. That's your job. And I think what seniors do is to go weed out the bad master sergeants. I think that's the senior's job. That's all of our jobs. <laughs> right here. If you could see, my 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 hand is going to his house. Redskins. Boop, right over. Yeah, all right. inclusive. Um, well, we looks like we ran out of time for today. But again, I want to appreciate both of you for um for stopping by and having this discussion um hopefully this is not the last time right we can hopefully invite you at other other times for other discussions as well uh but this was fun and hopefully um valuable hey this was really cool yeah it was really cool i agree i want a microphone though no but you gotta buy one mm -mm. that's right this one was kind of pricey but so it was. It's all good. Watch for the, uh, so we're essentially done with this, but watch for the edited version. I'm going to have some music in there and all that type of stuff. So, He's so is, it gonna be, is it going to be Space Force? Like oh, that's Space right. Force Space Force. I've been watching that. It's funny. I've been watching it's, it too. It's super funny. It's hilarious. But, um, oh, all right, y'all. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Tejamo. That's and right. either call me later or call me back. I'll, I'll call, call you. Later. I'll call you. Yeah, I'll call you. Which one of those words was call? Jamo. Oh. Yeah, jamo is to call. I'll call. If I'm a girl, I want to be Jama. No, it's the same. It's a Jamin. male always. <laughs> Jamin. Jamin. It's always, always a male. But. All right. Always male. Is, of course, it's always a male. Airman, trash man, spaceman. El, el chico por la telefono es muy guapo. <laughs> chico por la telefono. What was that? The only thing I know. That in uh, Biblioteca Queso. That's oh. library cheese. <laughs> library cheese. <laughs> That's what that means. But. <laughs>